Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 1, titled Olivia. Alright, resetting the clock, we're back to square one, new season... And actually, the start of what might be Fringe's best season. I talked about this before, but it's between seasons three and five for me. And, oh boy, does this season immediately prove why it's among the best for me. This episode is fantastic. It is insanely good. It is freaking phenomenal. Uh, It's an amazing follow-up to Over There. It's an amazing follow-up to that season two finale, picking up right where they left off with Olivia trapped on the other side while the other Olivia is on our side with our Walter and Peter. Walternitz uh, got her trapped in his creepy basement. And uh, this episode is another episode taking place entirely in the alternate universe, which means... We are here for another installment of Things That Are Different. Uh, this is where we talk about things that are different in the alternate universe. Uh, because a lot of things are different, and there's some really great world building there. First off, this is a really blink and you'll miss it moment, but in the world of Fringe... There is no cats. There is dogs. The musical Cats is not a thing, and in its place is dogs. So, does that mean, uh... Does that mean in 2019, there was a really nightmarish film adaptation of dogs? And does that mean that movie has a cut? With uh, a bunch of buttholes in it. Because if that's the case, I need to see that movie. If that's the case, the makers of Fringe need to make that movie. I need it in my life. (laughs) But that's a thing. Also, something that never registered to me until this viewing, for whatever reason. It's kind of stupid that it didn't register for me. Because, like, they linger on it quite a bit. There are daily flights to the moon in this universe. Which kind of has me in. Kind of has me just all in on this universe. I want to live in this universe. I want, like, I'd go to the moon. I'd vacation on the moon. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. Make it happen. Please. Uh, Apparently the show-me's, the IDs that are required to get on buses and... Like, are just, like, apparently your lifeline to everyday life. Apparently, you need those to take cabs. Like, cabs can't be put into drive in this universe unless an ID is swiped, which is interesting. Also, apparently, Amber quarantines are not universally regarded as a good thing. 
Uh, apparently, Amber is not a universally agreed upon way to quarantine these breaches. Uh, there are large-scale protests around the ambering of certain places, around Amber quarantines becoming a thing. Again, interesting. Interesting. Uh, there's no massive dynamic in this universe. Massive dynamic just isn't a thing. We find that out when Olivia tries to go to where Massive Dynamic is in our universe. Uh, just to maybe, possibly, who even knows anymore, talk to Nina Sharp. Just on a Hail Mary. Uh, apparently Olivia Dunham in this universe is an Olympic gold medalist? Okay. That's cool. Like... She's got an Olympic gold medal in marksmanship. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> That's kind of freaking cool. I'm not gonna lie. Also, Brandon Fayette in this universe, instead of Massive Dynamic, works at the DOD directly under Waltonit. In fact, he is directly responsible for these treatments of trying to transfer one Olivia's memories to the others. Which in and of itself, is an insane plot point that I absolutely love. And sort of leads to me actually discussing this episode. What I adore about this episode is it's literally a psychological thriller. Like, they just flat out made a psychological thriller where constantly everyone's trying to convince Olivia that she is this other version of herself. Trying to convince her there is no other universe. There is no other side. Uh, you, you hit your head, you are having a breakdown, uh, this is your life, these are your friends, this is your mother who's not dead. Everything is exactly the way we say it is, like, trying to rewrite her own memories, trying to rewrite her own past, like, it's just, it's so great and so intense, it starts and then just goes, there is never a second to breathe in this entire episode, it is incredibly brilliant. I particularly love that opening sequence where she's sitting down with the psychologist who's just, like, guiding her through, like, Okay, so you say you come from another universe populated by people who look exactly like us. Doesn't that sound absurd? Uh, and, like, just talking her through what she brands her delusions, but we know is truth in this world anyway. And... Olivia's like, I know how it sounds, but it's the truth. I am not this person. I am not who you say I am. I am being held against my will. I have been kidnapped, and I need to get home. And Walter makes it very, very clear, very, very early on in the episode, that the reason we are keeping Olivia captive, and the reason we are trying to uh, put alternate Olivia's memories in Olivia's, and the reason we want her to kind of be all on the up and up is because Walternate wants to know all about Cortexafan. Walternate knows this woman somehow has the ability to travel between worlds. We need to find out how. We need to find out what it is. We need to know what the hell uh, this power is, where it comes from, so we can replicate it, and then have this advantage in this war that we are fighting with the other side. 
And while trying to do another treatment, while trying to do another treatment of this, like, memory transfer thing to make it take, Olivia escapes. And we get this great scene where she breaks out of Walternate's creepy basement uh, and leaves the DOD and dives into the ocean, swims off of Liberty Island to the mainland, and... It's great, it's an amazing opening, and then the rest of this is this great, like, taxi ride with one of my favorite recurring characters, Henry Arliss Higgins. I love this dude. I absolutely adore this man. I would die for this character. (laughs) He is the best. Every single scene with him and Olivia is incredible. Every moment of... (laughs) Every moment of his character is beautiful. Uh, He has, like, the absolute best response to all of Olivia's craziness and just kind of goes with it. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, woman bursts into my cab, holds me at gunpoint in a hospital gown and says she's, uh, says she's being hunted by the government and she's not who they say she is and blah 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 yeah that totally sounds fine that sounds not crazy at all (laughs) and what's weird is like the bond that forms between Henry Arliss Higgins and Olivia like that weird like inexplicable bond when Henry like actually becomes like genuinely concerned for Olivia and actually goes to genuinely care about her like even to the point of removing the tracker from the cab at one point it's it's great i love the dynamic between those characters Henry Arliss Higgins he's just he really does feel like the voice of the audience <laughs> at a certain point. Like, he really does. He really does feel like that everyman. He really does feel like that just normal guy. There's nothing inherently special about him. He's just a guy driving a cab. He's got a wife and a kid at home. He's just trying to live his life. He's just trying to get, like, it, 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 to get through everything. Like, he's got his own problems. <laughs> And here comes this seemingly crazy chick in a hospital gown, holding him at gunpoint, forcing him to drive her all around to this opera house, which gets ambered. Olivia tries to go back there in order to cross over, and it gets ambered immediately uh, to this random field that was supposed to be massive dynamic, and then to this thing that she says is her is a safe house, to this place that she swears is a safe house which more on that later like he just really is like a normal dude and that's why I kind of love him he's a normal dude just swept up into this extraordinary situation and I always I always love that I always love character dynamics like that uh but I especially have to praise the gas station sequence this sequence is magnificent This sequence is phenomenal. Where, like, Olivia gets out while Henry Arliss Higgins is fueling up the taxi. Goes into the bathroom, has a good cry. And then comes out and Lincoln's there. And, by the way, like, they have this subplot where Lincoln's still healing from getting burned alive. 
and, like, has to get into this, like, chamber every eight hours and regenerate himself. And, like, he's just sort of mid-healing, so he still has, like, a lot of, like, burns on his face, but he's not, like, charred. He's not, like, extra crispy the way he was. He just looks kind of disfigured. Uh, the makeup job they do on Seth Gable is very, very good. By the way, I have to praise Seth Gable is very, very good as Lincoln. I love him as that character. Uh, and we will we will talk about Lincoln a lot. This guy is awesome. This guy is really, really cool. I love that character so much. Uh, but we have that little standoff where Lincoln's like, Hey, Lincoln! Oh, God. I had to sneeze there for a second. I swear it's not COVID. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Lincoln's like, hey, hey, you're, you're having a breakdown, you're just, you're just having a rough time, come back, we just want to help you, and Olivia's like, no, no, I'm not who you say I am, no, 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 uh, locks him in the bathroom, and then has this, like, much bigger, much more violent altercation with Charlie Francis, gets in the cab, and then, like, shoots the propane tank behind him, like, it's, it's a really cool, like, little altercation, and I really, really like everything about it. I really, really love that entire sequence. And as this episode goes on and on and on and on and on, you sort of see memories getting overwritten. You sort of see that Olivia is slowly but surely kind of succumbing to this process. And we find out later that it's because of the adrenaline. It's because that she tried to escape that she ended up starting the transfer and making that successful. Like, her escape made her sort of have this light switch go off in her brain, and now she thinks she's alternate Olivia. Uh, but slowly but surely, she keeps like, misremembering things. She opens up to Henry about Peter. And then Henry's like, Yeah, that guy you were, uh... Thinking about that guy you said you were here because of? And Olivia's like, Yeah, Frank. <laughs> and Henry's like, I thought you said his name was Peter. And, like, slowly stuff like that. She makes a shot that she absolutely could not have. <laughs> Only the alternate Olivia could have. And, like, slowly those memories are diffusing into hers. And then this kind of all climaxes when she remembers this address that she says, It's a safe house. It's a safe house. Walter must have told me about it. It's a safe house. And then she goes there and it's her mother's house. And she has this big confrontation with alternate Olivia's mother and is like, no, I've never been here before. I've never been here before. What are you talking about? No, you're not my mother. My mother died when I was 14. And like, this is just insane. And like this confrontation with the mother and the mother has this great line. If you never been here before, how did you know to come here? And of course we know the answer is memory transfer. But in her mind, this is the final nail in the coffin where she's like, oh, I am this alternate Olivia. Like, for all intents and purposes, I am this alternate Olivia. Like, I'm not... I'm not this other Olivia I think I am. I am this universe's Olivia. And then that kind of completes the process, and she just is alternate Olivia. She just is 
that alternate Olivia we've come to know. And so she just goes about her life as if she's alternate Olivia because she thinks that she is. And she gets taken back. And then uh, Broyles is like, okay, uh, you get the weekend and then you can come back and be a part of Fringe Division. So our Olivia, thinking she's alternate Olivia, is going to come back as alternate Olivia and do Fringe Division cases as alternate Olivia. There's a few episodes coming up with that dynamic and it's great and I love it. And it's insane. This is an insane story, and I freaking love everything about it. And then we get this ending where we flash back to our side. Peter's given his little uh, report on what happened over there. And then that's done, and he can leave, and... Alternate Olivia's there, disguised as our Olivia, and... uh, They share a little moment, and it's clear that they're... A couple, and uh, alternate Olivia's voice seduced him. Uh, so there's that. That's fun. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. The, again, bunch of episodes exploring this dynamic. Basically, so, for the first... I won't say how many episodes, but for the first few episodes of this season. For the first several episodes of this season. They do kind of a back and forth. Like, they'll do one episode on the other side, one episode on our side, one episode on the other side, one episode on our side. And it keeps going for, mm, I'd say a third, a, a third of the season, let's say. And that back and forth, and the stories they do with our Olivia as alternate Olivia, and alternate Olivia as our Olivia, where they're swapped and all that. Like, all those stories are great. All those stories are gold. All those stories are just freaking amazing in literally every possible way. So... It's it's great. I love it. 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 Anyway, uh, yeah, this season's gonna be great. This season's gonna be something else. I cannot wait to talk about it more in depth. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just press my button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 2. Talk to you then.